So um, these are the catch the fire values, fire values. So we have F, which was the father heart, which Adam spoke on. And then Amy last week spoke on the I, which is intimacy. Good job. <laughs> intimacy, um, which was really great. And so the R is obviously restoration. And um, I, I kind of, it's kind of neat how it goes. Um, the word fire, how it goes father heart, and then intim- like they all just kind of work into each other. So intimacy, um, out of intimacy comes restoration, doesn't it, right? It's in that intimate place with God that we, come, we become transformed, we become re- um, renewed, we become what we already are, right? When I saw Wonder Woman, <laughs> it was like so inspiring because I realized that I am Wonder Woman. And, you know, <laughs> but when they're like, the whole time she just doesn't know who she is, it's not that it's not that she doesn't have all this power and all this, you know, she has this transformative moment, but not because she turns suddenly into this goddess who is wonderful and amazing, but because she suddenly realizes who she is, right? And I would like to say that is us. At the cross, we died with Christ, we were raised back to life, and now we are becoming what we have already become, right? So I would like you guys to turn to... John 11, in your Bibles, if you have a Bible, I'll be looking and judging those who don't this morning. Just totally kidding. (laughs) Jokes. I'm full of jokes. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Okay. Sorry, guys. That's sad that I just did that. John 11. Does anyone know without looking what John 11 is about? No, that's okay. I forgive you. Um, Just kidding. Again, full of jokes. Okay, so John 11 is about Lazarus. Am I saying that right, John? Lazarus. The other day I said Lazarus, and he was like, it's Lazarus. And so, okay, Lazarus. So we all know the story of Lazarus, right? We know that he was close to Jesus. It's clear from the scripture when you were starting it that Jesus loved him. He was close with them. He was, I think, cousins with Mary. Is that right, cousins? Um, so when they came to him, Lazarus was sick. What? Okay, sorry. Um, Lazarus, am I saying it wrong again? Just forgive me. I might say it wrong. I'm sick, okay? Lazarus. So Lazarus was sick. Lazarus was sick. And um, so, you know, they go to Jesus. They inform him. They say, Lazarus is sick, like your friend. And Jesus is like, I want to come, but like not yet. And just wait, but, but what my, my glory is going to be seen. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like Jesus is always saying stuff that the disciples were just like, you're crazy. Like, what are you even saying, your glory? Like, let's just go to Lazarus. Like, what are you saying right now? He's like, no, we got to wait, wait for two days. And so, of course, they wait, and then they basically, Jesus knows he's died, right? He's like, we need to go. He's died. Like, let's go there. So, we're going to pick up at verse 38. Actually, no. Change my mind. We are going to start at Verse 30, now Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house trying to console Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep, right? So she's, she now knows that Jesus is there. She's, she's going to Jesus. She's like, finally, Jesus has come. Like, too late, but okay, you came. So <clears throat> when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell down at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Like, what were you thinking? When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, he was moved with indignation and was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The classic verse that everyone has memorized. The people who were standing nearby, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Why couldn't he keep Lazarus from dying? For them, it, 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 like, it was over, right? Like, Jesus can heal the sick, but he can't raise the dead. Like, that's just different. That's just gross, right? And again, Jesus was deeply troubled. Then they came to the grave. 
It was a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, said, Lord, by now the smell will be terrible because he has been dead for four days. And Jesus responded, did I not tell you that you will see God's glory if you believe? That's what the, the, um, he had actually told the disciples. <laughs> so they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You've always, you always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus came out, bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth, and Jesus told them, unwrap him, let him go. Ugh, that story gives me chills. Lazarus was raised from the dead. Each one of you were raised from the dead. Do you know that? We, we died with Christ, and then we're raised back to life again with Christ just like Lazarus. How many people do you know are still walking around in grave clothes? How many people do you know are still bound up? They've died with Christ. They've been raised to life, but they're walking around with a shroud on their face. They're living as if they they haven't been raised to life. How many of you feel like you still have grave clothes on? And Jesus says, unbind him. Romans 8, 14 to 15. This is the Passion Translation. Thank you, Ariel, for letting me borrow it. I was like, oh, gosh. Like, Romans is amazing. Like, one of my favorite books, seriously. But, like, in the Passion Translate, it will blow your mind. So, the mature children of God are only those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I love this. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. Oh, no. Leading you back into fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance and folding you into the family of God. I am getting chills right now. So who, who are the mature children of God? Because this doesn't say like all children of God. This is the mature children of God, right? There is something to be said about people who are mature in Christ. And how many people do you know that are still living in their religious grave clothes? That are still living in religious duty? that still feel like they're not good enough. How many of you feel like you're still not good enough? Anyone? (laughs) I know I struggle with that, and I know I struggle with that for a long time. One of the signs of a mature child of God is that They know they are fully accepted, fully enfolded in the family of God. And so they are led by the Holy Spirit's impulses, not like, I have to do what my father says. Whipping themselves into shape. Right? The thing is, we can know this till the cows come home, okay? Like, all of you are looking at me like, "Uh, yeah, I get it, I know this. But guess what? Still feel the same way. The thing is, knowledge is just not good enough. Can I get an amen? It's just not enough. Like, God bless my husband who is at school right now at Conrad Grable, and there are incredible minds there and incredible people who love Jesus so much. But then there are other people, and I don't know how he deals with it. Because, like, they, they have so much knowledge, and they have studied so much, but they are so off the mark. I just can't even, like, just the anger and the bitterness in their hearts. Like, I'm like, you know so much, but your heart is wrapped in grave clothes. You are so not free. And it, I just feel so sad for them. And I just, like, it just makes me think knowledge is just useless. And it's not totally useless. But it's useless if it doesn't go to your heart. Right? 
It has to get from the head to the heart. That is the key. That is restoration. That is inner healing. Getting the knowledge from the head to the heart. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. How can we get all this knowledge, all this incredible stuff we're learning, the Father heart of God, intimacy, death to life, living as new creatures, as new heavenly beings that are not conformed to the patterns of this world, but are transformed. How do we get that from the head to the heart? Romans 12.2, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is like such a key verse, right? This is such a key verse. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a renewal. It's a constant thing. It's not a like do it once, done thing. It's like we're on a journey of renewal, of transforming our mind, and that's okay. It can be so frustrating. Isn't it so frustrating when it's like all you want Jesus to do is hit you with a lightning bolt, and then you're this perfect human being? Oh, Wonder Woman, right? Like, that's all I want. And yet, God is calling me into intimacy. He's calling me into relationship with others and saying, will you walk with me? Can we get to know each other? Can I get you to know yourself and, 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 and get you to a place where you know who you are in me? Oh. And so that leads me to my next point. You are saved. I had this up there, but it's not up there. You are saved. You will be saved, and you are being saved, okay? You are completely saved. Done, cross, died, rose, that's it. That's who you are. You are child of God. You are Wonder Woman. You are Superman. I just want to say that. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, it's who you are. That's done. But, thank you. So you are saved. If you want a verse for that, 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Right? When you listen to that, you're like, amen. So why am I still dealing with this thing? Right? It's because it's a process. Also, you will be saved. Right? So Romans 5, 9 to 10, you will be saved much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if we were enemies, we, um, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been rec reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Right? The end, judgment day, whatever you want to call it, we will be saved. We are saved, we will be saved. But it's a process. Philippians 2.12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And most people are, like, are kind of like, I don't know how I feel about that verse. <laughs> work it out with fear and trembling. It's not like scary fear, okay? Um, also, Philippians 3.12. Sorry, I have it written out here. Now that I have already attained or an, am already perfected, so you're already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid a hold of me. And another one of my favorites, Hebrews 10.14. For by one offering, Jesus' death, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Okay? It's not, it's not just a, it is a done deal, but there's also a being sanctified. Interesting, right? It's interesting how God has chosen to do things. And a lot of me thinks that's driven by his desire to be intimate with us. It's like, you know those moments where you do, you've hit rock bottom, and then all of a sudden you've never felt closer to God in your entire life? 
And I'm not saying God wants us to like hit rock bottom and go through hard things. But it is in those moments when you choose him, when you're going through something hard, that suddenly you're not relying on yourself anymore. You are relying on God. You're getting intimate with him. You're getting close with him. But it has nothing to do with his love and acceptance, does it? Honestly, you don't, you don't ever have to go through inner healing. I'm going to say that right now. You don't have to. Okay? You could go your whole life without that, and God would still love you. He would still accept you. You're still his child. You've still died with Christ, been raised up again to life. No big deal. But let me just, let me, let me convince you that inner healing is good. So I was thinking of parenting. I know, I know. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I'm always talking about this. But I was thinking of parenting. I was thinking of being a mother or being a father because I don't want to, you know, stick to one gender here. But um, the moment that I conceived Noah, I was a mother. Jonathan was a father. The moment I held his little screaming body in my hands, I was a mother. And I didn't do anything to earn it. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even read that many books, probably should have. Um, but like, you know this, right? Like you, you can get knocked up at like 15 years old and you're a mom. You don't know anything. You can get saved at any point in your life and not even really know that much, but you just know that, okay, I believe in God, right? In the same way that your salvation, that you, you know who you are, you, you're, so you don't necessarily know who you are, you can be saved, but not know a whole lot maybe about it. Do you guys agree with that? Just like being a parent, it's like, this is your identity, you're a mom. It doesn't mean you're going to be like a good mom or like a good dad. Because, like, learning how to be a mother was quite the trip. Um, it's just, it's, you don't realize how hard it's going to be, right? As a parent, you're like, we are going to have a baby. The nursery was beautiful. Like, I was like, our child will not have pacifiers. Nothing will pacify my child. Yeah, right? Every parent knows. They're like, that's stupid. And so, for I kid you not, the night we brought home Noah, John hears me whimpering in our bed, and he's like, what is wrong? And I'm like, he won't sleep without my thumb in his mouth. <laughs> so John, oh my gosh. I love you, babe, but duct tape does not solve all things. <laughs> Everything was closed. So he took a bottle nipple and put duct tape on one side. And I was like, our baby can't suck fumes, glue fumes, off of duct tape. Like this, oh my gosh. So first thing in the morning, John raced to Shoppers, got us like five pacifiers, and we were like, <laughs> So just because I had the title of mother doesn't mean I was a great mother. Amen? Just because you're saved doesn't mean you're a great Christian. I think we can all agree with that. I think we all know Christians that you're like, well, the Lord loves you. And I'm trying. Right? Everyone knows someone like that. <laughs> and everyone knows that Christian where you're like, I just, you're posting things on Facebook that are making me uncomfortable. And I just... I just feel like other people might hate Christians now forever because they saw that post, right? We all know those people, okay? When you're like, you're making us look bad, stop. I know you love Jesus, but do you love Jesus? Um, doesn't mean you're going to be a good mom. So I have a few little things. Sometimes you need resources, right? It's okay to need resources. It's okay. We all need growth. We're all on a journey. Resources is a big part. Oh, I moved it. You said not to move it. I'm sorry. Put this somewhere else, he said. Okay, so, thank you. Resources are good. 
I feel like all of us here have maybe like enough resources. Like if you never picked up a Bible, you might not know much about your salvation. Um, but I feel like people here are pretty good that way. Like I feel like everyone has like Bill Johnson on their podcast probably, right? And so you guys are like, we got lots of meat. Um, instructions are good, right? To learn things like how to wake a baby, right? Yes. No. You might not know this. Bonding with baby. As much as you like to think when you become a parent, like, I'm going to be sitting with my child, having tea. It just doesn't work like that. <laughs> like, what is even happening? And my final and favorite. <laughs> yes? Awkward. Don't do that. Okay. Sorry, I just had to. I was like, there's just too many good things out there about parenting fails. <sighs> okay, bring it in. Okay, so resources. It's good to have resources, right? We can all agree to that, so I'm going to skip over that one. Actually, not just, I shouldn't skip over that. There is amazing resources for inner healing out there, let me tell you. Okay, I know sometimes it's hard to think about, like, having to pay someone to do inner healing. The, the reason me and John have really struggled with this in the past because... We're like, this is something that's free. I can heal anyone. This shouldn't cost money. At the same time, we also recognize that there are people that have a gift and that for them to actually even be free, to be available for people, they should be paid for what they do. So me and John actually did an inner healing, an RTF, a Restoring the Foundations. It's called RTF Week. Um, the end of the summer. And guys, I have to tell you, it was completely life-changing for us. Um, and we also did another ministry. We were like, we were like, we're getting all the inner healing we need. We got, um, it's called Heart Sync, and that was also incredible. And that one actually was, is a lot more affordable and easy because you literally set it up over Skype, and you, and it's, it's like by donation, like suggested by donation. And um, but we were just, I know John can say like heart sort of donation. <laughs> we gave the money because we really value it, and we value those people that make their time free to do that because God has done inner healing with me and John for free. You get lots of inner healing. But there is sometimes, you know, and me and John were having a really rough summer and we really recognize that after, you know, eight years, right? Eight years. Eight years of marriage. Um, John's like, this is why we need an inner healing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, after eight years of marriage, we're like, this ain't working. We need something to change, like now. Um, and that's getting real with you guys. We really did. And so um, one of the things was going to resources, going to things we knew, like that were like, we need to actually be, um, there's times when you go through your life and God reveals you stuff and you go through inner healing and with maybe the people around you. But then there's times in your life where you realize that you need to actually seek help from people that like, they do this right? That this is their job and they're good at it. Um, so that would be my plug for that sort of stuff. And that was incredible. We were just, right, John? It was awesome. It was so good. And our marriage has, like, honestly, it's been really good. We still fight, surprisingly. That would go away. It doesn't go away. <laughs> but, like, just our ability to communicate has gotten so much better and to recognize the parts in our hearts that were just believing lies, just, like, total lies. Like, during the ministry, they literally hand you, like, you talk to them, you just, like, barf all over them, like, all, everything you're feeling, and they just sit there like, thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you. And they sit there with a pen. I don't have, and they just write. And then the next day, they hand you a sheet of all your ungodly beliefs, and you're like, <sighs> I believe all those things. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's probably the best part of the ministry. I was literally like, I cannot believe I've been living out of those lies. For how long have I believed these lies? It's ridiculous. This isn't what God's called me to. This is not like, you know, life abundant. Let's deal with these. Stat. Anyways, we did deal with them. So that was awesome. And I'm walking those out currently. So, resources. The other thing is community. Okay, when me and John went through that, we... We had a community. We had friends around us who were like, we're going to help you get through this. We're going to help you guys. We're going to be there for you 
because you guys need support in this time. So the same in your salvation, in your own journey, in your inner healing walk, in your walk with your mind being renewed by Christ. You need community. You need people around you. Don't be a lone ranger. You're not supposed to be. You're not. Jesus wasn't a lone ranger. He wasn't. Some of us like to think he was because he went alone to be with God sometimes. But most of the time, he was surrounded by like 12 other guys and women. Because women are awesome. <laughs> right? He needed those women. If, if a woman wrote the Bible, we'd be hearing more about that. But we need community. Lazarus, Jesus tells them, unbind him. Jesus does not walk over and be like, okay, let's get this off here now. He looks at them and says, look, unbind him now. Unbind the grave clothes. And Jesus says to us, he says to the church, go. Now that you are free, go unbind them. Unbind their grave clothes. Raise these people from, like they've been raised, like set these people free so that they know that they are died with Christ, raised again to life, and unbind them. Because if we only go as far as getting people to the point of salvation, but we leave them like zombies, this is comes from John, my husband. We leave them like zombies walking around in their grave clothes. They're, I'm sorry, but they're not going to be very effective. How am I going to raise up more mothers and fathers? By being a good mother. By John being a good father. Right? That's the true testimony of our lives. If our kids and then our children's children, really the real testimony, if our children's children are good mothers and fathers, then we have done our job. And the same as being a Christian, the more healing you get, instead of walking around hurting people because you have inner vows and judgments and you're walking around with grave clothes and you think it's totally normal and other people are getting hurt around you, you know, it's, it's nice to think, well, it's my wounds and I don't really want to deal with it and I'm just kind of doing my own thing. But I'm sorry, we are a body. We are connected whether you like it or not. Right? It's like Noah, when he's screaming his head off, I'm like, uh, I know that you're feeling all these things right now, but you need to go to your room to scream your head off because there's a family and my ears are burning. Right? It affects us. Whether he wants it to affect me or not, it just does. And we as a body affect each other and we affect those who are not Christians. They look at us because they will know us by our love not by our wounds, by our grave clothes, but by our love. And this is why it's so important to go on this journey of restoration, to go on this journey of being sanctified, of being set free. And guys, I know, I just want to say that, like, it can be, disheartening when you go through inner healing and you don't see results or like you see results for like a day you're like I'm walking on sunshine right and then the next day you're like "Ah, it's all back and that can be really hard you know I I totally I've experienced that in my life but in the same way I want to say this It doesn't mean Jesus doesn't do inner healing. I want to say this. Because Jesus didn't heal someone's knee that you prayed for, do you think that he doesn't heal? Of course not, because we have also seen him heal. And Jesus isn't just interested in physical healing, right? He's interested in our hearts more than anything. Our hearts are what matters because it's our hearts, our spirits. These bodies will pass away but our spirits will go to be with him, right? And so I just want to say to you, don't give up. Maybe it's going to take time. Maybe it's going to be a journey of walking it out. In my own life, I have walked things out. Some things have been more instantaneous, and other things I've had to really work at because they've been ungodly beliefs that have just been over and over again reinforced. You know, you have those ungodly beliefs that just keep being reinforced and you're just like great it's so much harder when that's the case to break past that but you have the spirit of the living God in you and we can walk this journey together and that's why we need each other okay so 
most of our wounds can be traced to childhood, right? I think most of our wounds start there and then kind of get reinforced from there. So I'm going to share a quick story, and then we're going to go into some ministry. But um, one of the, uh, when I was doing some inner healing recently, this story came up, and um, I didn't think it was a traumatic event. But then when I thought more about it, I was like, oh, that was a traumatic event. I must have just blocked that one out. Like, that's not traumatic. Totally over it. Totally cool. You know, you have those memories where you're like, that was fine. And then later you're like, that was not fine. That was like me. So I had this memory of this. So my dad showed up one day. Okay, I love animals. I just want to get it out there. I love animals. Just love them. We don't have any animals, so I love other people's animals. <sighs> so um, when I was, I don't know, it must have been grade one, my dad brought home. He came home. He had this, like, leather jacket on. And he sent me to the corner. And I was like, I was very emotional, Chad. So I was like, why am I in trouble? I'm like crying. My dad would probably be like, oh, that's not what I meant to do. And he never sends me to the corner. So like, what was that even? So he does that. But then he comes over to me and he opens his jacket. And inside is this tiny little kitten. The cutest little kitten in the world. And I really liked the movie Milo and Otis. So I named it Milo. And I love this kitten. And I really only had it for a few days. And then um, we had a Rottweiler. Big Rottweiler. Awesome dog. But one morning, my dad uh, let the dog in, and usually he didn't. So in the morning, I would let the cat out around the living room um, because the dog would never come in in the morning. But one day, my dad let the dog in, and of course, he broke my cat's neck, and it died. And um, so this memory came up, right? I'm like, that's not traumatic. That's traumatic. That's like really traumatic for a child, right? And I remember going to my room, and, you know, she's like, what, do you, what did you feel? You know, we're going through this memory, and I'm just like telling her all this stuff that I feel. And I realized in that moment that I had made this ungodly belief that gifts are wasted on me, that good things are wasted on me. In my whole life, I've had people reinforcing this lie, like well-meaning people and not even saying bad things, like good things that somehow have a negative spin because of this, this belief I had, right? So you know, like my art teacher being like, if you don't become an artist, you're wasting your God-given talent. And people, you know, always this pressure to like the gifts God has given me to have to like do something good with it, do something successful in the world's eyes with it, right? And it became such a stress that I wasn't able to even enjoy the gifts God gave me. And talking, dealing with this and talking to God out of it and him being like, what if I gave those gifts for you? For you. To to enjoy them. You know? What if these gifts aren't so that you can be successful in the world's eyes? What if they're just for you? And that gave me so much freedom, I want to tell you. Just be not feeling any pressure to have to be something or do something, but to just rest in who I am and enjoy the things God gives me. Um, so that was kind of my story. So how do we... How do we recognize these ungodly beliefs in our lives, right? Now that I've said it, I feel like you'll be more aware. If you haven't heard this message before, you'll be more aware of it. You know, like, when you get into this kind of thing, you start, like, calling them out on each other. Like, that's an ungodly belief. <coughs> it's really nice when your spouse does that to you. You should do that to your spouse. <laughs> that's an ungodly belief, babe. Deal with that one. No. So we need to recognize, right, recognize that we are all on a journey of healing and that we all um, and acknowledge the things in our life that are not right and godly. So recognizing, it starts with just knowing, right? If you think you have it all together, there's not much that's going to happen. It's recognizing that you are imperfect, that you are on a journey, okay? The second thing is to listen. Inner healing is done by listening to ourselves and to one another until God allows us to see whatever quirks in our old nature have not yet found their death on the cross. Forgiveness, like, sorry, unforgiveness, bitter roots, ungodly expectations, inner vows. So an inner vow would be like, I will never do this, or I always do this. Those are inner vows. Those are also really good to pick out. 
in other people. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> Can you imagine? Let's just walk around. That's an ungodly vow. Deal with that. Sometimes it is helpful, actually. <laughs> in, in the right relationships, okay? In the right relationships. Judgments, habits, lies, negative words, and emotions. So these things are actually quite easy to pick out, and you don't have to know exactly what it is, okay? It's just helpful when you know, but you don't have to. You can just have, like, a feeling in the pit of your stomach and be like, something is there that I need to deal with. <clears throat> and once you get that, you can identify what it is. Once you identify what it is that needs to be dealt with, so you identify like the lie that you believe or the judgment that you have against someone or be like, okay, God, where did this problem start? Because the problem, wounds have roots, okay? They have roots. They don't just start out of nothing. They start somewhere. And the strongest lies have been happening for a long time. That's why we say a lot of them start in childhood. Um, that's when we can, can begin to ask God, like, where did, this, where did this start, okay? And then we figure out the source. And then God reveals, we, we take time, we quiet ourselves down, and we ask for the source of that, right? Like my memory of that cat coming up, of like this cat that died, it doesn't seem like that big a deal, but it was, right? That this thing I'd made, this lie I'd agreed with, the enemy, had just been kind of slightly ruling parts of my heart for a while. Um, and when, we, when God reveals the source, then we can pray into it, right? In the appropriate way. And, and just so you guys know, this isn't like some secret, like, difficult, like, I gotta figure it out. This is like, God wants, like, he wants to do this. Holy Spirit is with you and for you. It's not as hard as you would think, right? Sometimes it can seem so daunting to go into inner healing, but often that's just your own stuff making you feel that way. It is so much easier and so much simpler than you think, okay? You don't have to be like bawling and like thrashing on the floor to get inner healing, okay? It can be really soft and really quiet and a simple memory. So we can pray into it, ministering confession and repentance when you figure out, like, I need to forgive this person. You know, I've been holding on to this bitterness. I didn't realize. And we can um, put life into that situation in our hearts, right? So, just my mountain to end. Um, so we are going to, where is, there you are. <laughs> Try to give you eyes. Now is the time. Um, we're going to do a little inner healing. Is that okay with you guys? So, does that feel okay? Do you guys know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah? So we're all on a journey. That's okay. I forgive you for being on a journey. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Um... God wants to heal your heart now. I feel like this morning was such an incredible worship time. You know, like Amy really pushed through this morning into something. And when Adam got up here as well and was talking about the parts in our heart, you know, when you come on a Sunday morning and you're finding it hard to enter in, there's things that are there. And God wants to deal with those things. You know, he wants to renew your mind this morning. He wants to get your knowledge that you know you're loved to in your heart where you are being loved, where you're allowing yourself to just be loved, right? And so for some of you this morning, it's as simple as those grave clothes that have been on you, the grave clothes of, I'm not good enough, the grave clothes where you're stuck in religious duty, not feeling good enough, feeling like you just have to work all day for Christ. And if you don't evangelize, and if you don't do A, B, C, D, E, then you're not a great Christian, and you're finding it hard to be intimate with your father. And you're finding it hard to be intimate with Jesus because you need restoration. Or you're finding it hard to be in relationship with the people around you because you have some serious things going on in your heart. And Jesus wants to heal that. He wants us to be able to be unified together and to be on this journey together. Amen? So why don't you guys stand up and we're going to just do a little... So if you guys could just close your eyes and just welcome the Holy Spirit to come right now. He is here. He is good. He is loving. Just come. Let him fill you.
right now. I thank you, Jesus, that we are new creations, that we are saved, that we are made new, that we are just becoming what we have already become. And I pray, God, that you would open our eyes this morning. You would bring freedom. I call freedom over each one of you in Jesus' name. Freedom to see yourself clearly as Jesus does, as God sees you through Jesus Christ. That you would find freedom in your life and breakthrough in Jesus' name. So we're just going to go through the lie. I'm going to start with, I'm not good enough. But if there's a different lie, if you're like, oh, I don't struggle with that, which is great. If you don't, like, amazing. Um, then maybe there's a different lie that you kind of have in your heart right now, okay? So I'm not good enough. I'm sure somebody here believes that, has believed that lie. Or I'm not lovable. I'm, I'm, I'm not noticed. People always overlook me. Okay, there's another one if that's you. I'm always overlooked. I'm just a woman. God wants to deal with these hurts right now. So I just want you to wait a moment. And if one of those lies, you know, you feel like, yep, I feel a little thing in my heart. I've been believing that. Or if you don't have something, just wait a minute and just open yourself up to Holy Spirit and be like, what am I living out of that you just want to change this morning? You want to renew my mind this morning. So just take a minute. Now I just want you guys to ask God, where did this come from? Give me the source. Just ask him when you started believing that lie. The very beginning. Thank you, Jesus, for revealing your truth to us. And Jesus, right now, for those of you who've gotten a memory, I just want you to invite Jesus to come right now. Come to you. Be with you. Sit next to you in that moment to just be with you so that you know you're safe. I feel like some of you have even struggled with that lie, I'm not safe. Let the safety of Jesus come wrap around you right now, this morning. And I just want you right now, all these emotions, whatever you're feeling in this moment about this lie, about this thing in your heart, whatever it is, I want you to give it to Jesus. I want you to tell him what it is. Even under your breath, just be like, Jesus, I give you my pain. I give you my hurt. I give you my unforgiveness. I give you my brokenness. Just start to pour it out to him. I give you my feeling of being trapped, my feeling of being unsafe, my feeling of where were you, God? I give you that feeling. Just begin to pour it out on Jesus. He can take it. And in fact, he wants to take it. So just give it to him this morning. Give it to him. Just let yourself melt into Jesus. Just let yourself be with him for a minute.
Now, if there's anyone you need to forgive, right now is the time. And even if you've forgiven them before, sometimes you just got to keep forgiving. Just forgive them. Set yourself free from them. And right now, let's just take a moment and just, you guys could repeat after me. God, I just, God, I repent for believing the lie. And you just say whatever that lie is for you. Jesus, what is the truth? And this is the most important part, guys. You wait until you hear what the truth is. What does he really say about you? soaking it in. Just keep letting your Father speak to you right now. For those of you that felt unsafe, I feel this like I feel the Holy Spirit saying, all of heaven surrounds you. You are never alone. You are good. You are made in my image, the image of the most beautiful, awesome God. You are good enough. And your sins are forgiven. They are white as snow. In the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> we take off these grave clothes in Jesus' name. I unbind each one of you in the name of Jesus. Ha! I unbind you in Jesus' name of the grave clothes that have been wrapped around you in Jesus' name where your heart has been wrapped. I unbind you in Jesus' name. Shake you are free. You are free in Jesus' name. Come out and be free. Let his love, let his freedom come right now and fill you. Let it come like a rushing wind. Let it come and fill you right now in this place. Let it come. Fill up that place. Fill up that place in your heart right now in the name of Jesus. Let it fill you up. Let him open your eyes to see you exactly as you are.
And I just want to say, guys, do not be discouraged. Do not lose hope. Do not give up. We are all being sanctified. We are all being transformed and made new. And we go from glory to glory to glory. It's not a backwards journey, I promise you. It is only for goodness, it is only for his glory that we are being made new, that we are continually being made new. And I want you guys, I implore you to go away today with these tools of inner healing, to go away with these these simple things of going to your father and being like, I feel this way. Renew me, renew my mind. Get this knowledge from the head to the heart. Jesus so that I can be a witness to everyone around me. So that when people look at my life, they see the tangible love of Jesus. They see the tangible love and power of God on my life. So I just speak that over each one of you this morning. Grace upon grace for your journey. Grace upon grace for seeing yourself the way God made you. Grace for going from glory to glory. Discouragement out in Jesus' name. Just get out. You don't belong here. So I just pray the peace, the peace of Jesus would be over you right now. I would say to you, Lazarus, you are free. You are free. You are free. May you go away today more in love with Jesus. That is all I ask, that you go away more in love with Jesus today and his love for you, and not just caring about the outer man, but caring about the inner working of your being. For those of you that didn't get anything to eat today, for those of you that feel like, I have this ungodly belief, or I have this inner vow, or I have this unforgiveness, this bitterness in my heart, but I couldn't hear, I, I was trying to hear God, but I couldn't hear him. If that's you today, I want you to come up after we end, and we're going to have someone pray for you and you're going to hear from God because he's always speaking to his children. Okay? And it's okay if you need help to hear him because we're all in this together, guys. We're all in this together. So Jesus, we thank you for what you've done this morning. We bless it and we seal it in Jesus' name that the enemy cannot steal it. The foxes cannot steal our love away. We seal it in the blood of Jesus. We thank you for your love, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.